and gentlemen, yes, this is your favorite show, Sports Unfolded, with your favorite host, Eric and Ron. Boom, baby. Sports Unfolded, episode 23 of season two. I am your host, Eric, my main man right over there. How are you Ron, doing, Eric? You doing? Why do you not give the title of the show? I don't and understand it is that. It's a cup of green, cup of green today. Every show has a meaning behind the title. We're going to be talking a little bit of football, basketball, hockey, golf. So you can kind of figure out where that uh, title is coming from as we do our show. I'm really excited about tonight. There's so much to unfold. I mean, it's just been an um, unbelievable week in the sports world. So we're going to start off with our leadoff story. And that is the Boston Celtics, Golden State Warriors, NBA Finals, Game 4 tonight, 9 p.m. in Boston. The Celtics are leading 2-1 right now over the Warriors. Uh, before we get into some of the keys of the game and what we think the Warriors may need to do to try to tie this up, I wanted to go through, Ron, and I wanted a, a little comment we had from Clay Thompson and just get your reaction to it and see what you thought. All right, I'm going to play this real quick. It was not a factor. We played in front of rude people before, dropping F-bombs with children in the crowd. Real classy. Good job, Boston. So that was Clay Thompson. Obviously uh, a little upset with some of the uh, – Crowd noise, I guess we'll say, from Boston. Yeah, uh, We know that the Boston fans can be very um, what's boisterous, the word? Passionate? passionate. Yeah. Might be the word. Um, do you think, again, so to me, I feel like Boston is already in their head. If you're worried about what the crowd's doing, the crowd noise, things of that nature. Look, Draymond started this. This was yes. a Draymond and, and- this is, this is why I'm probably just going to explode now. Because, first of all, you're singling out Boston with their, their swearing because of Draymond Green. And so it's in your head. You know, look, I, I played hockey. And, you know, no matter what the crowd was saying, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even hear them. Like, when I played, I completely blocked out. And it was almost, like, silent to me. So... I don't think I'm much different than any other player in any sport. They don't really know that the crowd is even there no, half the time. I agree. I played high and, school football. And, and, then and honestly, you don't yeah. even hear the crowd, even on the positives most of the time, because no. they're just so focused and centered on no. what you got to do. Exactly. It's, it's not about the crowd. And then he's coming off like this is only going on in Boston, where, you know, if you go out to a San Francisco game, what? They don't cuss? You know, they're not doing anything like that. That's total BS, and you're 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 being ignorant to the situation. So I think it was 2016. They actually uh, they replayed a, a a clip of what Clay Thompson said after there was some fans that said some things to LeBron James during the finals. Yeah, and how it's a man's game, and he needs to just understand exactly that he can get to you. So it's conveniently how much it's changed uh, since. Oh, you then. know why? You know why he's saying something now? Because he finally had a decent game. 
he finally was able to put a basket in. That's why he's outspoken today, you know, because of that. If he had another crappy game like he had in the first two games, he wouldn't have been saying anything. And they would let Draymond Green talk. And the one part of it, too, Steve Kerr, I don't understand why he got involved in it as well. I just feel like you're actually – it's like throwing gasoline on a fire right now because you know that crowd is going to come even harder this uh, Oh, absolutely. It's going to be even worse for them. Yeah. So if you you thought what you heard (laughs) – And you know what? The last game was pretty bad. That's fine. That's fine because, you know, it'll be like a sixth player on the court. Yeah. You know, that crowd is just going to be so loud and in their faces. They're not going to be able to handle it. And that's why I think that the the Celtics are going to win – this game and the series, because like you said, they're in their head already. Yeah. And that's so the talk- fans. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're talking about fans right now, not the game, not the game fans. Yeah. So let's, let's discuss some of the game and what we feel some of the keys are. So right now, Boston leading the, the series uh, points per game. It's very close. So one Oh eight to one Oh five, definitely the advantage with the size and out rebounding. And we've seen that majority of the games. Um, the turnovers are actually what surprised me the most when we were, I was doing my research. They both had 14 turnovers a game. And early on, Boston was definitely, you know, filtering that turnover bug more than usual. And now you're starting to see the same thing happen, Golden State on the road. Right. Steph Curry, possibly injured or won't be at 100%. How much of a factor will that be for the Golden State Warriors? It's not going to be a factor. I don't think it's going to be a factor at all. Because, frankly, I think it's probably a little embellished. You know? Look, like we, we see it all the time. And we've talked about it, about the flopping and stuff like that. And I know that was a scramble, you know, for a loose ball. And everybody was jumping all over the place. And I don't doubt that, you know, he felt it when, you know, Horford supposedly landed on him. You know, I don't. I don't know exactly where it was that he got hurt. Um, But look, I mean, you see it after every shot. Steph Curry does it. And I noticed it in that game. You know, he takes a shot and then he falls and hopes to draw that contact and a foul, you know, all the time. So, you know what? Stop falling to the ground. Maybe you'll be okay. You know? I mean, these guys got to toughen up. I'm I'm serious. It's like... You know, it, it, it's I, it's a different league, I and I understand that. And I'm not questioning, you know, players, you know, toughness in the game, so to speak. But when you're flopping all around, you're putting yourself susceptible for those injuries. Yeah, and I, I think, look, the league, like you said, is has changed in a way that the, everybody's looking for a call. Yeah. And, and I think about wrong. it doesn't make sense now because there's instant replay. There's ways to look at it where in the past they didn't. Right. So I agree with you, you know, just play basketball and stop with all the antics. You know what I mean? That They're talking yeah. to the refs. They're more involved with what the refs are doing. They're more, they're more interested in, in drawing a foul than actually just playing solid defense sometimes. And it just doesn't make sense to me. So I'm going to ask you another question though, Ron. Boston Celtics three and six after winning these playoffs have not played well after a win for the most part, unless it was like a a deciding game that they needed to win. 
can they get past that hurdle tonight and play a solid game of basketball? They have. I think they can. I think they will. And you need to thank, you know, a couple of people for it. You know, because after the game, and if the Celtics win, we're going to be thanking three people. We're going to be thanking Draymond Green. We're going to be thanking Kerr. And we're going to be thanking Clay. That's who we're going to be thanking because you want to run your mouth and give excuses. And and I know I've used this, you know, a lot lately. Stop making excuses for losses. Stop making excuses for fouls. Stop making excuses for flopping. Stop making them for everything. It's like it's like we're dealing with babies. Uh, so OMG, Jim Boy, thank you for joining. Great comment. I mean, it makes sense, right? You would think too. When, when we talk about that crowd noise and that factor, you would think it would affect more of a Boston team that hasn't been there before, whereas the Golden State Warriors, this is their sixth trip. They've yeah. been to these finals. They've heard these things. They've been in Cleveland. I'm sure it's not all, you know, you know, peaches and, and roses over there. And yet somehow this crowd, because I feel like they're vulnerable now. I feel like they know that it's slipping away a little bit more and more. They're getting older. It's not as easy to get there. They no. didn't have as good a season, right? Injuries play such a fact that Clay Thompson missed two years. That their number two draft pick hasn't played all season, right? So how do yeah. you all of a sudden now are really concerned with that? It, it drives me crazy. Listen, the Warriors five and zero after a loss in the playoffs so far. So they've obviously come out to to make yep. sure that they stop that. It's going to be interesting to see. And before we move on, Ron, I got a very interesting nugget. I'm going to cross Pop Ascension here. I got a little bit of, little bit of movie talk for you today. Very interesting uh, thing that came up. In 1986, the Boston Celtics defeated the Houston Rockets to win the, the world championship, the NBA championship. Do you know what the number one movie in the country was? In 1986? Yeah, at the time of the, at the finals. Oh. <sighs> Uh, I, I want to say it was um, uh, the one with Shaq there, Blue Chips. No. So, the sports world, sometimes when they collide, you're talking past, present. 1986, number one movie at the time, Top Gun. Do you know what the number one movie is currently? Uh, yeah. Top Gun. It's yeah. a sign that the Boston Celtics are going to win the NBA title. Isn't that crazy? Is that not? What is the odds of that? That's craziness. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, I read that stat. Somebody had uh, done some research, and I was just like, that's insane. Think well, about that. I do want to tell you, though, um, it won't be number one after this weekend. Uh-oh, what's coming out this weekend? Well, Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, that's, yes. So, uh, that's kicking Tom, Top Gun's ass. But, 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 but. <laughs> but speaking of movies, that now that you brought it up, um, I watched Hustle. The new Adam Sandler. Oh, how was that? Oh, it was fantastic. Fantastic. If yes. you're an NBA fan out there, after the show, and I stress this, after the show, yes. go watch it. Yes, after the show. After the show. After the show. Let's move on. Oh, to wait, some... no, because then you got to watch the, gotta watch the, the Celtics. Celtics game tonight. So after the Celtics game, <laughs> then watch that, that movie. And I still want the NBA to change. If you're playing on the East Coast, why is it a 9 o'clock start? Still because, drives me nuts because, because they of wanted, San yeah, Francisco. It just drives me nuts. Absolutely ridiculous. You know, there are three fans and, out and there. And then you're complaining about the crowd. You know what they're doing till nine o'clock? You know, 
couple beverages. I'm sure, you know, you're going to have some dinner, some beverages. Yep. You're amping this crowd up even more at nine o'clock on the East Coast. Yes. Times. Yes. It's like, when is it going to start already? Yeah. You're, you're asking for trouble. We're going to move on to some NFL, my friend. Oh, that's funny. In the Los Angeles Rams, who have signed Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup to some major deals uh, this week, question would be can they repeat as Super Bowl champs? Um, I think they can, to be honest with you, because. I still consider them the favorite in that conference. You know, I don't see Green Bay getting past them. No, Devontae you know, Adams is going to be a big lock for them. I, and, yeah. and they can downplay it as much as they want. Listen, Tom and, Brady, another and year. Frankly, rolled up. I don't. I don't think Tampa Bay has the horses to beat the Rams either. So, so, you know, I think. The Rams are going back to the Super Bowl, so they have a shot. You know, like if you can get there, well, first of all, for, if you can make the playoffs, you have a shot. Obviously, you have to make the playoffs. That's very good. So, you get the top notch sports analysis here. At, at, yeah, okay. Captain you Obvious. You have a shot. Very good, Ron. That's a good start. <laughs> but, you know, like who is really good enough to beat them in the NFC? I don't think anybody. There's not, there's not many. There really isn't. So which, which of the deals surprised you more? Cooper Cup, three years, eighty million with seventy-five million guaranteed, or Aaron Donald at three years, ninety-five million with sixty-five million guaranteed. He is the highest-paid non-quarterback in the league now. Thirty million. I don't think either one of them surprised me, and because you know Donald, I, I think he's probably the best defensive player in the league. You know, if I'm starting a team today, like who in their right mind wouldn't want him to start off? You know what I'm saying? And and I know, you know, he's he's another year older, you know, and but that I think that motor is still got a long time to go. Yeah. And look, the only the only question I have is NFL salary caps and how they are able to fit this. It's just baffling me. They re-upped Stafford as well. They're yeah. still talking about signing OBJ. Like I, I don't know how where they're getting this money from. I don't know. Uh, I don't how know. they work these know. books. But sometimes the NFL, it drives me nuts with but the salary I, cap know, and how they. I'm not surprised. And I'm not surprised in Cup because, frankly, I think he might be the best receiver in the league right now. Yeah. And it, it's funny. Look, after all those wide receivers signed and the deals they were getting. Yeah. I was the MVP of the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he had, you know, nineteen over almost two thousand yards receiving. And and wasn't he getting double plus, double covered? Yeah, hundred forty you know, some receptions. So you think about um, how you know Stafford was able to come over there and, and, and what the connection they had right off the bat. It was just amazing. Yeah, it just Look, reminds I, I me of Edelman. You. you know, like Edelman. You know, no matter what, he was getting his yards and he was getting you know the first downs and he was getting the touchdowns. You know, that's what Edelman does. No matter what defense they threw at him, he was getting his. And that is Cup. Cup gets his no matter what. He's getting it. And there is, you know, there is no receiver that can really say that, you know. And, you know, Miami's going to find out. I think they overpaid for, for what they got. I think a lot of what Miami did, I think, was the expectation they were going to make a change at quarterback. 
and that didn't happen. And I think, again, to your point, they'll realize that you can only use them in so many different ways before it's, right. it, it changes the whole con complexity of it. Yeah, and they're using their own money. Great point, uh, Manny. So, you know, uh, again, I think you have to look at those guaranteed parts of it. So they're definitely giving them a bunch of money up front to lower that cap number. And then, um, you know, <laughs> how you get through that. Yeah, I'm reading the comments team. by Jim Boy. Yeah, that is funny. Infinite on the West Coast, the Raiders, yeah, Raiders ramp drawing money, right? Everybody, yeah, and and, then, and then, yeah, because the Raiders just re upped, uh, was it, um, the Remco, what was the kid's name, Renfro, Renfro, yeah. the, the wide receiver. So, again, I, I don't know what's going on. And if they, if listen, if if the Rams are able to sign OBJ, that to me, that's just it just puts them over the top. Um, but I think they they still got the fire which is different than most teams when they win the Super Bowl. Usually you take a step back. I agree with you. The NFC is still theirs. I don't think there is a team. Tampa maybe competes. Um, but again, is Gronk coming back? Another year, right. Brady, you know what I mean? And how is that defense going to gonna look? Yeah, is it going to hold up? So let's talk about another story that I just can't see going away. And that's uh, Deshaun Watson, who has now reached 24 accusations of sexual misconduct. Should the league finally step in, make a decision on him playing this season? Yeah, but there, isn't there another thing that came out in the New York Times? 66 different masseuses right. uh, during the course, and the team actually paid for a lot of the hotel rooms and things that he was and doing. isn't that in like four years? Activities. It's ridiculous. That's in four years. Like, this is, that's insane. And so like, the use of Texans need to be held accountable by the league. Uh, we, we, Find the New England Patriots for taping a sideline. Find the New England Patriots for a deflated football. Yeah, took away Which ended up being, But now we're going to allow we're going to allow true. players to to basically sexually molest, you know, women in hotel rooms, and that team's not going to be held accountable as, as well. Yeah, it makes no sense. The Cleveland Browns organization it pisses me off to the point where I'm just I'm so furious, and I understand your points with the Calvin Ridley thing. Ron, I get it. It was yeah. on his team. He plays for that team, even yeah. though he wasn't playing. I'll give you that one. Oh, but, he yeah, gets, but this is worse than that. He gets a year suspension, and this guy is still practicing with the team right now. Yeah. How is that possible? It's the NFL. Because, because the money in their Watson pocket. puts money in the seats, and, it's and that's the difference. Calvin Ridley doesn't put money in the seats, so they don't care. If they I'm really Baker Mayfield care. right now, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm sitting at home, at, you know, in the stadium because of his commercial, and right, he's sitting in the, in the stadium. I'm tripping on something, I'm breaking something, and I'm going, look, I'm not an option either. Like yeah. I don't even want to play for you because you're condoning this guy's behavior. You wanted to push me out, and then yep. you know he's not going to play. <laughs> exactly. After all this, there's no way he gets he sees the field this year. And then what do you do? Uh, Baker, hey, just put your arm around. You know, don't worry about it. It was just a misunderstanding. Like, yeah, I'm not no. playing for you. No, I wouldn't play you, for them either. You want a guy that had 66 different and women. Look, look, people can say, you know, I actually feel for Baker Mayfield in this situation because, look, he wears his heart on his sleeve. And, yes, he does some talking on on social media. And He's human. He okay. joined us. Right. Sports and football. You Come know, on, Baker. Look, I get it. He is human. He felt, 
you know, shoved aside like he wasn't important, you know, at the at the playing through an injury for the team. You know, because he was a better option injured than the backup. Yeah. You know? And yes, it didn't it didn't look good. It didn't look good. He had a a rough season because of that, you know, and and I feel for him. So when he get pushed aside like this, like you're, you're worthless, like I would not put the helmet on for this team ever again. I don't care if I'm sitting out a, a season because, you know, he's going to be wanted by somebody. Jim, like if Jim Sam Darnold can get a second shot, then yeah. – then Baker Mayfield should because he's not a bad quarterback. Jimbo's been great, but yes, the Cleveland Browns organization has been a train wreck since they moved back to Cleveland. (laughs) So them throwing 200 plus million dollars at $230 million to be exact at a player that may never play. And that's all guaranteed. So guess what? They lost all that money. It's gone. They're not getting it back. Yeah. I said last week, though, if they want to save face, they suspend him now. You're going to pay him regardless. Yep. But I wouldn't want that guy representing my organization or my team, knowing yeah. that what's going to what's transpiring and what's going to come out. It, there's more coming. Oh, We've absolutely. There's so much more coming. Yeah, it's going to get it's going to start getting real. Yeah, it's going to start getting real. So and I, I, he's. I just, he should not be in the league right now. Yeah. I'd love this story to disappear, but it's not going to until somebody steps up and actually has the stones. Well, it's it's not going to disappear until until the NFL starts having policies for, you know, for this type of activity. But they can't do that because of the people that are running the teams. And I mean the owners. Yeah. The owners are doing half of the stuff that this guy is doing. And they can't, they can't put rules against it because then they can, they can be, they just forced to sell their team. They just want money, dude. They just want money. Yeah. And that's all this is about. And it's ridiculous that this league, as popular as it is, the number one sport in America, and this is what you're resorting to right now. We want to get all the facts first. There's yeah. enough out there to, to already for conduct. There's yeah. enough out there to just say, look, we're going to have to back off this for now, but they won't. Nope. Let's move on to our triple play. Triple play this week, my friend, is uh, three players who currently lead that Major League Baseball in hits. Which one would we start, bench, or cut? Uh, Raphael Devers, Ty France, and Paul Goldschmidt are the three players. And I'm sure we looked at this differently because we do every week. And I am first this week, so I will I will give you my triple play. And then I'll check it and make sure that you get it right. All right. Triple check it. Starting, Paul Goldschmidt. He's been doing it very consistently for quite some time. So when we're talking about just hits, 72 hits so far this season, 338 batting average. In his career, 1,644 hits. He's batting 295. That's, That's an why 11- I like going second, Eric, because I don't have to give the stats. Yeah, 11, 11 year career right now, and you're still batting almost 300. Pretty impressive. Benching, Ty France, 74 <laughs> hits, 3.327 batting average, 376. He's His lifetime batting average right now, 291. And why I cut Rafael Devers is because he's at a 285 batting average. The other two guys, 
better bats. They're going to get more hits for me. I trust I trust the other two with when it comes to hits. So I'm cutting Raphael Devis. Uh, I, I should expect that from a Yankee fan. I, so, I, knew, I knew you would. So, you know, I, what can you say about that? Uh, you know, he always calls me a homer, but, you know. <laughs> hey, I picked the Red Sox the other, the other time. Yeah, because you had no choice. Like, it was clear. And he wasn't a Red Sox. He's a, he's a Dodger. Oh, Mookie Betts? No, but then yeah. we have a, we had um, Xander Bogarts one. Uh, okay, whatever. You Go just ahead, triple play. What do you all got? right, so my triple play, you got, you got one thing right in the whole thing, and that is Paul Goldschmidt. Um, look, he's he's like a quiet assassin. Not that assassins make noise, but they shouldn't. <laughs> a good one wouldn't. Right. So yeah, I'm gonna so, shoot this so guy. He's just but I'm an make assassin. Him. Okay. So okay. look, this guy mashes and mashes and mashes. No matter where he is, he's going to hit. You know, he he reminds me the he's the National League JD Martinez. Okay. JD except for one thing. The glove. Paul Goldsmith's defense alone, four gold gloves for his 11 years, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And that, you know, in itself puts him, you know, in a category other than these the other two. Listen, he's the star on St. Louis. And St. Louis, every year, quiet team that just – you know what I mean? And they almost didn't make the playoffs. They made that strong push last year. Yeah, they make a the strong push and fire the manager. Yeah. That helped but, it. Yeah. But but you think about it, right? He's not he's not a probably a household name. People aren't gonna sit there and go, wow, Goldsmith. No. But no, every, every year where he's just, playing. He produces. He produces. He does every year. A so lot. let me guess who's on your bench. On my bench, I am putting Raviel Devers. Like it's not even close to me. Like you know, look, first of all, you know. When you take Devers and and you put him into a lineup, he just makes that lineup better. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like 285. Yes. And I understand that. And I understand that. But what he does do better than probably anybody in the league right now is that clutch hitting. He always gets those right timing hits when you need it. You know, late innings, he's he's got a lot of those late inning heroics in him. He's like a new poppy. And and you know, this is why you need to make this guy happy on this team. He's gone. And that's why I don't like the thing that's going on with Bogarts because they a, are like best friends. <laughs> you got a better shot of, of Patrice Bergeron resigning. <laughs> well, yeah, well, which we will discuss soon. <laughs> but yeah, I I bench. I mean, I bench Devers and I cut France. Look, France just hasn't done it long enough. And well, I'm going to take yeah. I'm going to take the guys that do it now and have done it their whole career over a guy that's just blossoming now. We don't know what he's going to become. We do, we just don't know. And I know I said that about some uh. A, one of the players a couple of weeks ago, but it's the same thing. The shoe fits, you know, I mean, look, I'm not taking away his talent. He's a good talent, but let, let him do it again. Okay. All right. Let's move on to some NBA talk. 
And we're going to discuss a gentleman on the screen, and that's Quinn Snyder. He was the former uh, head coach of the Utah Jazz. He decided to step away after eight seasons with the team. Um, I, I love the miserable picture there. Oh, dude. I, and you he know what? Looks, oh, my God. He looks like he's in hell. He's definitely aged. The NBA coaching world is not very easy. I'll tell you that much because this is an earlier picture. Um, but he was 372 and 264 in the regular season. So pretty good record. 21 and 30 in the playoffs, though. And, and he made the playoffs six out of the eight years. I started to look at this and I said, look, I, he's a very good coach. He really is. But sometimes when you have a team that's right there on the cusp, which they were a couple years ago, they, they were that team. Mm -hmm. Making that coaching change similar to what Boston did, right? Brad Stevens, I would still say Brad Stevens is a very good coach. He got them to as far as he could get them. Then you make that little change. It makes a difference. I think this was a great move for the Utah Jazz. I think this made most sense for both of them. And the Jazz wanted him to stick around. Danny Ainge wanted him to stick around. So I, I think it was a good move. You? I mean, yeah. I mean, he couldn't get them to the next level. I mean, I mean, there's, look, the Bruins going through it right now. Couldn't get them to the next level. You know, um, and that's just how it is. Now, whether it's his fault or not is a totally different thing because you ultimately have to have the players, the horses, to get you to that promised land. And yes, having a regular season that's great is one thing, but doing it in the playoffs is another. And you need those intangibles that the team never really got. You know, so so therefore, I'm not sure it, it was entirely his fault. I think it, it's on the team that just couldn't provide, yeah. you know, the next step. Yeah. Unlike the Bruins, who had the players to do it. Chakra, thanks for joining. Chakra. So, Do, uh, Donovan Mitchell, 25. Rudy Gobert, 29. Is it time to break them two up? Do you think that that they've run their course? Um, no, because I think they're still young enough that they can still get another piece. That's what they need. They need that's, you know, that's what I'm saying through all of this. They still need another piece. Yeah. So I looked at they, they you know, J Joe Ingles got hurt early. One of the best three point shooters that kind of hurt him. He only played 15 games for them. Uh, Bohan Badvanajic, uh, and Jordan Clarkson. Are they kind of their, their role player guys? Mike Conley, Rudy Gay has been there for quite some time in the league. Uh, I think their age has been a factor as well, especially if you're going into the playoffs. So I would I would question if you keep this team around. There's been a lot of talk about Donovan Mitchell leaving. A yeah. lot of talk. And to me, I, I think it might be time. I think it may be time. I don't think those two really mesh well together. And Rudy Gay has such a talent when it comes defensively. That I don't know if you could get rid of him because you're not going to find a guy that can do what he does. He's a double-double, two, three blocks a game. How do you give that up? Yeah, I mean, you know, if there's – look, we say this all the time with a smoke this fire. If there's talk about somebody leaving, the chances are they're going to be going, you know. And, and I know we talked about this uh, last year before the season started with Damian Lillard. 
you know, so we keep talking about these same players. It's only a matter of time. Now, you know, Lillard's going to be gone because uh, there's no way that that Portland goes into the season, you know, with that talk again without doing it. So great point. Love the ticker. If you want to follow us, check us out. We got all these different ways there that just kind of scroll through. So uh, that is new to Sports Unfolded. Really excited about the, the the new sports ticker. So much on there. So much fun. Check us out. Follow us on all our social media platforms. They're all there for you. Um, honestly, we continue to grow. We're almost about to bat 300 on Facebook with followers. So follow us on Facebook at Sports Unfolded. Love to get to 300 this week. Ron, Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball. We are going to bring up one Joe Madden. And he was recently fired after um, they were hadn't officially lost 14 straight games. He was fired during that stretch. Do you think that was the right move for the team? Would be my first question. It's it's tough to to say that Joe Madden just wasn't doing his job because of his track record. Um. But when you lose 14 games in a row and you are expected to win, there is something that isn't right. And almost, what, 99.9% of the time, the manager is going to be the first one to go and see if that changes something. And if it doesn't, then they start moving pieces around. So here's my question, because the second part of this was, should the Angels move on from Mike Trout? So... Was it really more about Joe Madden or is it more about Mike Trout? So Trout, 30 years old, 2001, so last season, played 36 games. 2020, played 53 games. And now he's currently out again this season. If you're trying to build a team around your star player and he's playing less than 100 games in the last two years, was it really the manager's fault? That this team, he's he's the core. He's that guy. Yeah. The Yankees right now, the best team in baseball, record-wise. You lose Aaron Judge, who's that key piece, how much better would they be? Probably not. You know, they're going to be worse. You take Mike Trout out of your lineup for 130-plus games, hence why your record. He was 157 and 172 with no postseason appearances with the Angels. And you think about what he was able to do at a small market like the Rays. What I know. They did with the Cubs and win the World Series. I, to me, the guy's still a, such a good manager. But if you don't have your top player, I mean, right. you, you know, I, and you got Otani. If it is a time to move Trout, it's now because you got Otani. You're going to build off of him now because he can obviously hit and he can pitch. So you got your your one guy that can do both for you. Move on from Trout, who obviously can't stay healthy. He just can't. He's a, he's a Amazing talent, but unfortunately, you can get a boatload for Mike Trout, right? Boatload. So, I thought I would have probably tried to move Trout before I fired Madden because I feel like Madden can do more if he's got players that are actually going to be on the field. Well, yeah, I mean, like it depends on what the team feels, okay? So, if the ownership feels so, you take the GM, if that GM feels that the season can still be salvaged. Then you move from the manager. You know, that's what you do. You try to spark up the team, you know, and try to do it there. 
Phillies but, seven straight, eight straight games now. The Phillies have won since they fired right Girardi. Right. So, so you know, but Girardi doesn't have that pedigree that Madden no, has. Not even not so. Even. So there's a difference there. So, so now, you know, again, they're going to go through this see how it goes process. If they get toward, if they start getting towards the trade deadline, and they are out of it completely out of it then they're going to probably trade Trout and rebuild for the most part. You know, so you're going to see some pieces moving. They're going to try to keep that pitching intact, you know, with Thor and Otani, you know, and and try to build from that and say, okay, so we're going to take away Trout. We're going to get all these draft picks and prospects and, you know, whatever you have, maybe even an outfielder to start. Um, and then from there, you go into the off season and you really take a hard look at what you need to succeed because they have, they have not done it. And to be honest with you, I think at the end of the season, I think you get to change GMs. And I would say, look, when he signed there five years ago, I really thought, I'm like, okay, that's, that was the missing piece. Yeah. Like they've always had some talent, some quality players. Yeah. And you go, okay, that that's the missing piece. And he just couldn't get it, you know? And I think some of that's trout, but we'll see how they, again, if he gets traded, that's going to be a major story. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Ron face off my friend. I know how much this topic bothers you. That's what's why the, I picked it. You was the topic. <laughs> I don't even know. Do you agree? That professional sports team should oh. be in the city of Vegas, Las Vegas. So the reason why this story, this question is coming up and why we're going to argue it, LeBron James recently yes. was on a podcast Puts. saying that he'd like to buy a team and put it in Las Vegas. And that's yeah. one of the spots that the NBA is considering for that their expansion in a couple of years. I think 2024. Uh, the, right now, the Raiders, right, move there. I know how you feel about this topic. I am going first this week, so I am for this because I know how much you'd be against it. And I wanted to make sure you had an actual opportunity to win this face-off. So I'm going to tell you why this makes sense, though. It is a sports hub now. New York hasn't had quality teams. West Coast teams haven't had quality teams. This gives a – the sports world is always going on in Vegas, no matter what's happening. If there's a big fight. The gambling aspect. Vegas is where it's at. And to me, you can market teams so much better. Now that sports betting is legal in most states and is happening anyway, why not be in the one place where you know it can all just kind of fit together? I don't believe in betting on games that you're playing and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. But again, there's rules and regulations in place for that. We saw that with Calvin Calvin Ridley. So... I really don't see what the big deal would be moving teams into Vegas to make sure that we continue to grow these sports franchises. Okay. So now let me give you the real thing. All right. First of all, you're right. I don't agree with, with teams that are relocating or, or being started in Vegas. If it's in a casino, or owned by casino because 
look, that just breeds the wrong look for sports because it's only a matter of time before a big scandal comes down and one of these teams are involved and it's because of gambling and the whole bit. It's, it's, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. So if it does happen and a team does get allowed to go there for the NBA, it cannot be owned by any group or person it's going to be that, owned by owns casino, that owns casinos. You know, they can have nothing to do with the casinos because that's what's going to happen. And mark my words. So let me ask you this. Naming rights, if there was a casino that wanted to buy it, you nope. know, naming rights? No. Nope. So do nope. you know in Arizona they actually have a betting complex inside the stadium? Yep. And I don't agree it's with happening. that. It's happening. It's going to happen. I know. I don't agree with it. And Vegas is this place to be, man. It makes more sense than anywhere else. Yeah. But you mark my words. We're going to put it in Iowa. It is. No it offense is, to anybody that lives in Iowa. I'm just saying. Yeah. So you can send the emails to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Follow the ticker. <laughs> so, no, but I mean, look, it's just an accident waiting to happen and it's going to eventually happen. Chakra, check out all the links. Appreciate you. Make sure follow them all. I'm telling you right now, sports and follow. We continue to grow. Ron, your number one topic, my hockey guy. I wanted to bring this picture up because I know how much you've already missed him. <laughs> so I wasn't said, I calling for his head early? This this will be maybe the last time you see that face on sports and until he gets hired by another team. Maybe we'll bring him back up then. Oh, he'll get hired by another team. Yes. So after six seasons with the Boston Bruins, they have decided to move on from uh, Coach Bruce Cassidy. I know some of your issues with Cassidy. What kind of coach should they bring in next to succeed him? And how can they get this team to continue to thrive? They can get to the playoffs. They're a playoff caliber team to get over the hurdle, to become a Stanley cup contender. What kind of coach will they get? from? Okay. So, so here's the thing. This is a two, this I think is a two phase coaching decision. And by what I mean by that is look, this year, we have several players that are going to be injured at least until November, December, at least. And those players are Marshawn, Charlie McAvoy, Matt um, Grizzlick, Mike Riley, and Mike Riley. They are all going to be out like five months, six months. Riley's the only one to do back probably by the beginning of the season. Yes. Right. So, um, also... In there that nobody seems to have been talking about is Bergeron had surgery on his shoulder as well. So I'm glad so you minus brought, surgery, but surgery yeah. nonetheless. So you bring up Bergeron, which is a great point because it's kind of we did have a two part in this, but I will. So this, I will say that is this all ties hire, into this coaching. How thing. important is a coaching hire to keep Bergeron? So that's why I said this is a two phase thing, because first of all, no matter what happens. They're going to have a lot of veterans out for a while, at least three. So that means they're going to have to, they can't just go out and replace those players. You can't go replace Marshan. You can't go replace McAvoy, you know, you and Grizzly. You can't just go out and replace those guys because you're going to, you, you can't get veterans to take their place. Yeah. So that's why this two phase thing 
is in progress. So they know they're going to have to have at least, at least five, you know, one or two year player in those, in that lineup. Okay. Then you also had the brusque who had problems with, with um, Bruce Cassidy. So that's another player. Frederick also in and out of that lineup was very difficult to get along with, with um, Cassidy. Cassidy. So Cassidy's track record is not good for young players. And because the Bruins are going to have to have at least five to eight young players in that lineup. That is why I'm saying they're going to go with a, a college or a minor league coach. So now wow. you're looking at to run um, the Boston to head, be a head coach of the Boston Bruins. Of the Boston Bruins. You want right. a coach that hasn't coached. I'm not saying that's what NHL? I want. I'm not saying that's what I want. That's what you expect. Okay. That's what I'm So expecting. a coach that has not been in the NHL as a head coach, you think is going to run one of the storied franchises in the NHL history. That to me leaves four players. I mean four coaches. Four coaches. Uh Jay Leach, who's coached Providence Bruins. So you're looking at guys like Studnika, uh, Frederick, you know, Bleed, Steen, all these guys that have complained about getting into that Boston lineup when they should have been because guys like Felino and Noshik weren't playing well, but they were still getting the nod. Um, those guys will be happy and they may produce for him. You're looking at David Quinn. Um, who coached the U.S. Olympic team and the World Championships teams? Lots of young players. The U.S. Get team that got sh shellacked. Yes, that team. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, now I don't think Where he's going to get yet. hired. No, I don't think he's getting hired. Okay. Okay. Uh, Nate Lehman, the coach, longtime coach of PC, who brought them a champion, a, a national championship, which is outstanding. You know. Um. And then there's Joe Sacco, the Bruins assistant coach currently, who took over when Bruce Cassidy was out with COVID. And that's when, you know, they started that incredible run. Hmm. So, Interesting. So let me ask you two, two questions. Uh, first question would be Cam Neely, Don Sweeney. You don't see any change there? No, not this year. And that's why this is a two-phase thing. So they want a young guy to come in to coach this team with a lot of young players. And yes, you have a lot of veterans on the team. You're still going to have, you know, all these guys that have been there for a while, like Taylor Hall, Pasternak, Marshan, most likely Bergeron. Um, you're going to have those guys still in the lineup, all those defensemen, McAvoy and Grizzlick when they come back and, you know, and Carlo. So they got veterans on this team that you think, well, don't they need like a veteran coach? But those guys, I don't think they need that. They know it has to get done. We need them for those younger players that need to get, they need to come through for them. And that is why they're going to go with that young. So Barry Trotz, who's available, he's yeah. not coming to Boston. Forget that. Forget that. Now, why I say it's a two-phase because they're going to give them two years with a young coach. Okay. 
after those two years, if it fails miserably, you will see the change with Neely, Sweeney, and Coach. It'll be all new. They will retool and reload. So I'm going to ask you, this was my second question. You are right now trying to sell the Boston Bruins to a head coach. How are you going to sell this team with so many different questions? You're talking injuries, their star player possibly not coming back, looking at going young, right? So you're, yep. you're basically an AHL team right now in the NHL. With some and of the without that, a first-round pick. That haven't developed. How, do, how If I was going to be convinced to be the head coach of the Boston Bruins, how, am I, how are you doing that? Well, first of all, you don't have to convince anybody to be the head coach of the Boston Bruins. Let me tell you that right now because it's top five. It's a top five position in the NHL yeah. but because of the market point, you know that you're in. In the back of their mind, it has to be, look, if we don't succeed early enough in this, we're yeah. out regardless. Right. So and they're going to go like a go young there? coach. A young coach will want the shot because look at it this way. So the team that they put on the ice this season. You look at that team. That team should have succeeded in the playoffs. Like, I don't care what anybody says. On paper, they were better than the Carolina Hurricanes. And looking at the injuries that they sustained, you know, uh, like when you really look at it, I can understand why they didn't get by the Hurricanes. They just couldn't physically do it. Yeah. You know, three defensemen injured that – they're going to be out for that long. And then Marshan on top of that, you know, so that is a lot to overcome. And believe me, the Bruins will be the first ones to say, no excuses. We failed. We failed. Now, a young coach that is going to be in the position, most likely, is going to want to take that, you know, take that job. First of all, because you're going to get the opportunity in the bigs, you know. You're going to go to the NHL and you're going to be a head coach. And even if you fail, you get that experience and then you'll probably get an assistant coach's job and then work your way back in. Okay. That's the way it usually will work. Now, if by chance you do better than the guy before that had all those wins, if you do better, then Uh, you start making a name for yourself. Yeah. No, I, I so so either way, you're 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 due to gain at some point, and and with the Bruins, you know you're going into this thinking, okay, I have a playoff team. Now, if I can get them past that first round that the last schmo couldn't do, wow, how quickly we turn. He brought you one Eastern Conference championship. Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, you just couldn't win the the big cup. No. That big right. silver thing that so, everybody coveted. Yeah, so speaking of Stanley Cups, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have now taken a 3-2 lead over the New York Rangers. Can the New York Rangers make another comeback in the playoffs? So they were down, remember, now 3-1 to the Pittsburgh Penguins, came back, down 3-2. Carolina Hurricanes came back, won it. Can they do this? Again, Carolina on the road who hadn't lost in the playoffs on at home. So you talk about what they've overcome to get to this point. Can they win this? Can they come okay. back and win it? So, look, if anybody can do it, it is the Rangers 
because of that one guy in the between the pipes. Shesterkin, yes. Right. The only problem with that is Vascular he's got a guy on the other yeah. end that could do the same thing and did and did it better. So, so uh, it, it's going to be hard. This is Tampa Bay, yeah. and and we've seen it. The pedigree. Yeah. Look, we thought maybe Toronto could have beaten them. That didn't happen. We thought maybe Florida could have beat that. Certainly didn't happen. And then here they are, up three two. After being down two, right? Yeah. You know, it's like when do you stop rooting against them? You know what I'm saying? So, like, so here's, here's where I think you. So we talk about the experience, right? And then when it, so they won three straight. But the Rangers had a two one lead after two periods in game three. It yeah. would have shut the door. It would have right. basically almost destroyed any chance of them right. winning that series. You allow two yeah. goals, one with 42 seconds left. The yep. pressure finally got to them. And I don't know if it's because of the pedigree and the, the caliber of the team that they're facing now that's been there and doesn't panic. Yeah, that's exactly goal what tender it is. That's, yeah, and the goaltender that's in net for Tampa Bay. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what a, it is. A, he's a two-time <laughs> champion. Yeah. I, I, I don't mean, think they can. I, and I really would like I think it's a great story. Young kids, they were able to overcome it. Come, I mean, overachieved. Regardless of how this finishes, they overachieved. But then you got to right. look at how did they get past this part of it? After that game three, I think that that, that, that ruined it. Like for yeah. them, that's so deflating. You so and then you lost. They lost. And three they got to go to Tampa Bay now. Yeah, I, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be. Look, this isn't. This isn't Carolina, you know. I'm sorry, Carolina, but you know you're not in the same league. No, as Tampa either. Bay, no. you, you're really they not. Won and, anything? Yeah, you know it's it's just how it is. Tampa Bay is so calm. They have they probably have the best coach in hockey. I mean, Cooper is fantastic. He doesn't like he is calm. He doesn't get upset back there. Yeah, he I just saw, I saw his press conference the other day. Very very calm. He just he just goes okay. So it's now whatever score it is. You know, we just gave up a goal. Okay, let's go get it back and let's see if we can make this a game, you know. And, you know, he's not afraid to change a line. He's not afraid to to um, just go about his business as usual and not panic. And when the coach isn't panicking, you know, it it, it kind of rubs off on the team. And, and I'm going to keep going back to the well like I always do. When you look at at Bruce Cassidy on the bench at times against Carolina, he looked frustrated. He looked, you know, angry. Confused. And and that's the persona the team takes on. No, and I, listen, I think we finally got into a point in the sports world where we gotta stop saying that coaches don't matter. Because I uh, think yeah, you're was, right. right. There was a conception that coaches don't affect the overall outcome of, of teams. But yeah. even with the Rams, Sean McVay, you're talking about a very young guy who had to kind of prove that he's worthy enough right. and get. Those and you guys see to him on the sidelines. Right. You see him it. on the sidelines, and I, I like the fact that you know, and and Vrabel is another guy that you can look at. Yeah, at those emotions, but it's the emotions of excitement for the team when they do something right. When they do something wrong, they're calm and cool, collective, and they just try to correct the problem. 
And that's what they do. They don't show the panic and scrambling, you know, and total confusion like you see some coaches do. And that that means a lot to the team. It's like, oh, well, the coach isn't, you know, going off, you know. So, okay, so, let's so let, do what we're doing. Let's assume Tampa Bay wins this. Do they? Can they beat Colorado in yeah. win that third straight cup? Yeah. Isn't that insane to think about? <laughs> yes. That is, that is crazy. That is crazy. At the beginning of the playoffs, I thought it was impossible. Yes. I didn't oh, think yeah. Tampa Bay had it did. in them. I think we all did. I think we all they did. They didn't even. They look like a shell of themselves going into the playoffs. Ron, how excited are you to talk some golf? <laughs> We're going to discuss some golf. So the Live Golf Invitational Series has begun with some major controversy with the PGA. Uh, it's a Saudi-run league, so there's been some concerns about human rights and how they that players would be willing to play for uh, an a organization that is so anti, you know, everything pretty much. Women, gay, I mean, it goes across the board um, and how they treat their people. PGA, in turn, decides they're going to suspend some golfers now. So they've suspended 17 golfers from membership. And one of a uh, few of them being Phil Milk Mickelson, D Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia. So some big names, some major names. Bryson DeChambeau, who also now has officially signed. Um, but he lost his sponsorship with Rock Rocket Mortgage because of the them being a Saudi-run league. Is this good for P the PGA or golf in general? This is terrible for the PGA. Because how bad of a look is it now that you're going to suspend these guys because they go and sign with the with the competition? So you suspend them. The best thing that the PGA could have did is just say, "Okay, go play. That's fine. You yeah. know, if you want to come and play in our event, then yeah. you, that's so fine." So think about the talent that you're not going to have on your golf right. courses. Right. How does that benefit you? It, it doesn't. It doesn't. What this does it. It gives the golfers a voice now. So it, it's tackling the big bully. And that's why Mickelson and them are doing it because they want to make changes in the PGA. Yeah, exactly. And this is perfect for them. They don't they don't care if LI if if the LIV, whatever you want to call the damn Live. thing, you know, if it lives or dies, <laughs> they don't care. They're just glad there's something there that they can go do yeah, listen. and stick it to the PGA, you know, until they make the changes. You want to make the changes? Then we'll go back. What, we, but we suspending just, them makes it worse. Yeah, We just talked about uh, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, guaranteed money, how important that is. This is what that tournament did. Liv decided basically they're going to give you a bunch of money up front. Yeah. Obviously, yep. you win tournaments, you you you. You make more money. The problem with the PGA is there's no guaranteed monies. No. And a lot of these players, look, if you don't win for several years, right, you still get your sponsors. You're still. But again, you're talking about. Yeah, but let's be honest. Like they all get something. <laughs> they get something. But, you know, they get something. What, what, but they're playing for that organization. They're pay, playing for the PGA. What does the PGA give back to them? Well, I mean, that's the thing. This is what they want to change. This is what the players want to change. I think it was, I think and it was this is the perfect opportunity for them to do it. This coming up, you know, not only does it make the live tournaments, you know, 
better. It will make the PGA players, you know, get what they want in the long run. Hopefully. Even if they have to leave the PGA for a little while to do it. So what we really need to do, Ron, is we're going to have to get in touch with the Live Golf Invitational Series. See if we can get a Sports Unfolded Invitational. One of the, you know, bring something to New England. And call it the Sports Unfolded Invitational. I think that'd be a great idea. That would be awesome. That would right? be awesome. We could host Let's it. See if our we people could talk some golf. reach out to their people. We could talk some golf, right? Hey, we I could play some we golf. Could we could do it all. Are you happy Gilmar it, though? Or is it your more happy Gilmar to me? Uh, well, yeah, I can drive the ball. <laughs> um, my problem is the in-between game. Yeah. You know, I can putt and I can drive. But all that stuff in between. So if I don't get it on the green on the first shot, I'm going to yeah. struggle. Yeah. My, see, my problem is I usually have a few beverages that well, uh, help, help me I mean, during if the you game. Count that, then, and yeah. at some point, the game just doesn't go as well. It just never ends See, up that's well. what they need to do in the PGA, you know, <laughs> is just let know, them get drunk. Do add, some drunk add, you know, a one drink per hole minimum. <laughs> And Make tackling, you get a shot. Yeah, oh. yeah, and tackling. Oh, you know, you know, if they add that, then golf that would be new exciting. minor league baseball, the bananas. I can't remember the whole, the banana, but the yeah. guy has the flaming bat, and they they you do know, whatever you got to do. Sign that make guy, and then the PGA could do. They could have like a flaming golf club. Yeah. The ball's on fire as it's going. We got to watch. Yeah, the absolutely. Oh. What if it absolutely. goes into the woods? If it goes into the woods. And it's on fire. That might not be a good idea either. Never mind. Well, no, but <laughs> we can't do that. No, no, no flames. Never mind. But I like the tackling idea. I think that'd be pretty cool. That would be the guy going to putt. Somebody just runs up and tackles him. Yes. Yeah. yeah so none of this stuff when you have to putt and you're sitting there, you're literally two inches away from the hole, and the guy is looking, just, just, looking. He gets up, look at another angle. Somebody looking. just tackled. Yes. So, and if the ball gets hit while you get tackled, you got to put it from that spot now. Right. I right. love it. All right. Make it make what? it a real game. Oh. Feel All right. real. Pick and roll time. And don't get me started on bowling. Oh, boy. Pick and roll time. I don't even want to know what you want them to do with bowling. Um, so what we decided to do, episode 23, we always try to tie something in with 23. We went back 23 years to these NBA draft picks in 1999. Yeah, and it's it's not good. <laughs> and that is Elton Brand, Steve Francis, Baron Davis, Lamar Odom, and Jonathan Bender. So I am first this week. I know you're so excited about this. I, I am. I just. It, I, this was one of the toughest pick and rolls we ever had to do. Well, the first one, the number five, should be really easy. If it's not Jonathan Bender, there is something wrong with both of us. Yes. Five point five points per game, two point two rebounds, zero point six assists. He stinks. He never had a single thing. Didn't all rookie anything? Nothing. He got nothing. Nothing. Zero. But he played eight years in the league, which is yeah. I don't know how. I don't know how. Then from here, I kind of got I, I I had to figure out how I wanted to rank them. So I went Baron Davis at four, 16.1 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, 7.2 assists. So really good assist numbers. Two-time all-star, two-time steals champion, 0304 all NBA. So he was quality, he was good, he was a solid player. I just remember the headband. I, I I mean, the UCLA days, I remember him more for that. 
Steve Francis, I went three. 18.1 points per game, 5.6 assists and six uh, rebounds and six assists. 5.6 for a guard. Steve Francis was a guard. That was pretty impressive to me. 5.6 rebounds in his career. Three-time All-Star, 99-2000 All-Rookie Team and Rookie of the Year. So the funny part of this was there was a co-rookie because at number two, Elton Brand was also Rookie of the Year. Right. 15.9 points per game, eight and a half rebounds, 2.1 assists, two-time All-Star. Again, All-Rookie Team, All-NBA, 05-06. Solid career. But I went Lamar Odom at number one. And it's not because of just the two championships. I know you're a big championship guy. 13.3 points per game, 8.4 rebounds, 3.7 assists. All-rookie team, won the sixth man award in 2010-11. And obviously the two championships. But I also feel like he was the reason that that point forward position started. And now you see it so much more in the NBA. Like if you think about what we're watching right now with the Boston Celtics, and the Golden State Warriors, Draymond Green, he's a point forward. He he runs that offense a lot of times, Draymond. Jason Tatum runs that offense, right? These are forwards. To me, Lamar Odom was that first guy that I can really truly say was a, a point forward. And I thought that's what made um, him such an easy pick at number one. You're up. Pick and roll, baby. That's that was a good one. All right, number five, Jonathan Bender. Obviously, um, he sucked. He sucked. Look, he made a league. You can't. He do sucked. That. He sucked. Stop, poor guy. What? Where was he drafted? Uh, fifth. Yes, exactly. No, I think he's. Yeah, no, because Lamar Odom doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's he a top was, five he, pick. Yeah, he was in the top five. They were all in top five. They were one, right. two, three, four, five. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He sucked. All right. So number four. And I know I say championships mean everything in this category, but if you're not the guy that's if you're not the guy that's getting the championship, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He was a part of that team. He was important to that team. Those two Laker teams. And he married a Kardashian. You got to give him credit for that. Okay, who won? Who was the real winners of those championships? Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. Was Shaq on those teams then? Still, okay. Lamont okay. Odom did not win championships, okay? Green. He All didn't right. win them. He won two. He, it's on there. He was on the team, but Look he didn't win Look up sports reference, two-time yeah. champion. Yeah, I know. Two-time champion. Exactly. Um, this is the one case I, I, that I championships don't matter. If because you ever use championships look, again in any of these arguments for pick and roll, I'm throwing it out. Because when we're dealing with good players, and don't say the, these guys – like they're good. They're look, not great. My my thinking is none of these players are have won championships. They did not win championships. Lamar Odom won two. The guys that were on their team <laughs> won the championships. Lamar Odom won two championships. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so when when we're talking about the Celtics, you know, ten years from now, and we look back, oh, Derek White was part of. He won a yeah. championship. Peyton Pritchard won the championship. Yeah. Okay. All right. We know better than that. So number four, Lamar Odom, only 13.3 points per game, 8.4 boards, 3.7 rebounds, 
Um, the numbers just aren't good enough to be better than the other three guys. Um, so with that, I went with um, Baron Davis, number three. Okay. 16.1, 3 3.8, 7.2. Uh, two All-Stars. Of course, one All-NBA. Lamar Odom was never an All-Star. Didn't have to be. No, yeah. One, two championships. Go ahead. If you're an all-star, <laughs> then you can claim those championships. Oh, here we go. That's your okay. That's right. Okay. Cartwright ever an uh, all-star player? Yes, he was. Okay. He can claim it. <laughs> I can't. You you are changing your arguments every time. No, not doing this. Dennis Johnson, did he was he ever part of uh, an all-star team? I'm sure he was. DJ? Why not? All right, so number two, I have Elton Brand, uh, not to be confused with Elton John. Hey, no, no, I wasn't very good. Um, but he did rock 15.9 points, oh, 8.5 like boards, and 2.1 <laughs> assists. Oh, very good. Um, where was I? Two All-Stars, a rookie of the year, like you said, All-NBA team. Um, was Lamont Odom an All-NBA? No. He, he ran. He was a six-man of the year. So how do you not count that? He was on that championship team, came off the bench as the sixth man, was the sixth man of the year. So mm. uh, he didn't win nothing. No, he didn't help him at mm. all. Mm. Not important. Right. Okay. He's as important as White. White's a very good player for us. Right? I'm not saying he's not. If I'm not saying have... Lamar Odom wasn't a good player, but he's not, he's not the reason why they won the championships. We all know it. Great Game one, Derek White. So, number one, I have Steve Francis, the talking mule, uh, 18.1 points. He had more points than anybody on this list. 5.6 boards, six assists. Those are really good numbers. Uh, three all-stars, you know, more all-stars than Lamar Odom. Yeah. Than a lot of more them, rings? All of them. Did he get more rings than anybody else on that one? No, no rings. Okay. None of these okay. guys have rings. Therefore, oh, I thought it was go. just a crappy Lamar Odom has two players. rings. Clearly, Wait, should have been number one. Is there four. anybody? Is there, four. is there anybody in this draft that was better than these guys? All right, I'm going to tell you right now. We're, we're revoking your Rhode Island broadcasting license because Lamar Odom played for URI, Rhode Island. You should have went number one with Lamar Odom anyway. No, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that. The hell do I do that for? I I don't care who you are. You got to be accountable. Two time. Got to be accountable. Two time champion. All right, my friend. Two time riding on the coattails of champions. Uh, here we go. sixth man of the year. You cannot. I don't care. That. I don't care. I don't care. He was never an all star. He didn't win those championships. All right. All right. Did he get the MVP? Did he, he get the MVP it. of those he playoffs? He didn't need no, it. He wouldn't no, get the ball enough. Kobe's not, Kobe's not giving up the ball. Exactly. Exactly. All right. It's prediction time. Clearly won that. Thank you. No, you Everybody that's watching. Well, I'm first of all, to, it's not something that we win. I'm sorry you have to listen to his garbage. But you're just wrong. You're sorry wrong. you have to listen to his garbage. Let's bring that up, my friend, because if you look at this, I'm right on this as well because I'm beating you still. And uh, I still have my five-game lead on you currently. Yep. Uh, you went up a percentage point, though, so very proud of you there. Good job. 
Kenny, uh, for some reason, just thought he had more games in and didn't show up. So guess what? Goes to prove. Here you go again, Kenny. This is why you're where you're at. But, Ron, it is um, going to be an interesting prediction because we're starting to run out of stuff to – and USFL is two teams that are relevant, and that's it. And they're not playing each other. So we And that is? Oh, the Stallions and the Generals. That's the New right. Jersey Generals. The, Italian the only Stallions. loss they've had is to the Stallions. The, the Italian Stallions, baby. Italian Stallions. Going so all six, the way. 6-10. So tonight, game four, Golden State Warriors at the Boston Celtics. Sees up two games to one. I am first this week, so I am calling it right now. Boston has not played well back-to-back with wins. I'm going to Golden State Warriors tonight. Uh, and you will be wrong um, because this is the time. Look, the Celtics are going to come out and they are going to squash any chance of losing this series. Derek White. And just because of that, now Derek White is going <laughs> to come out and yeah. throw down three. Yeah, because you fired them all up now. You got That's Derek right. White. Calling him out. I'm calling him out. Calling him out. Derek White. Tomorrow night, the New York Rangers at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Game six, Tampa Bay up three games to two. What do you got? (laughs) I'm going to go Tampa Bay. I, I went Tampa Bay as well, my friend. I just feel like New York, as great as a run they had, Tampa Bay is not letting this game slip away. Not at home. Not you don't want to go back to New York. No, and that's why they know what's at yeah, stake. If they, they go back to New York, that just gives them life. Uh starting tonight, the Los Angeles Dodgers at the San Francisco Giants, three game series. We really did poorly in baseball last week. Um yeah. I can't remember the Rays. It was a I Rays haven't watched the, a game in forever. So Rays and Cardinals. We picked we both picked the Cardinals. They got swept. Yeah, that's because that's what the Rays do. So uh, the Dodgers, I picked the the Los Angeles Dodgers to win this series. I, I, I mean, San Francisco was having a decent year, not as good as they did last year, and I think the Dodgers are still the better team out of the yeah, team. Yeah, I like the Dodgers, the Dodgers as well. Going Dodgers. 6-14, Tampa Bay Rays at the New York Yankees three-game series. Who do you have? I get the New York Yankees. What? Yeah, I the New York Yankees. I'm just waiting for the sky to fall right now. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, and, and watch. Now, if the smart move on your part would be to go Tampa Bay Rays. I did go Tampa Bay. <laughs> I went Tampa Bay. Perfect worlds collide. I never pick my teams. Because every time I go against emotions. Tampa Bay, they win. Yeah, so, so I went Tampa Bay. Uh, 6-15, we got the Atlanta Dream at the Connecticut Sun. WNBA action. Uh, Connecticut's playing some good basketball. I mean, the only other team that has a better record, I think, is Las Vegas. Yeah. Team in Las Vegas, you see? So I'm going the Sun. I'm going Suns. Yeah, I'm going the Suns as well. Um, first of all, I can't stand the name of Atlanta Dream. <laughs> you are a big name guy lately. Yeah. So I think the Suns, because they're going to be on fire. And it's really heating to... up in here, man. It's really heating up. I well, can't. they're about to burn down their dreams. So. Ah, there we go. Here we go. Six fifteen. <laughs> we got the New England Revolution at Orlando City Soccer Club, Major League Soccer. Who do you like? 
Um, I'm going Orlando. Wow. Going I, was Revs. I was considering going with a draw, to be honest. I'm going with Revs. You. I'm going Revs. You're going Revs. <laughs> you do that because they're like way they got down the best the name. You said it. They've got the best name in Major League Soccer. The yes. Revs. Yes. This makes sense. It makes sense. So how we normally end our show, we do our final thought. And our final no. thought. Oh, yes. We do do that, don't we? Yes, we do. Uh, it's only been a year and a half now, but I, 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 I mean, I see why you could get confused with that. So we do our final thought. And the final thought doesn't necessarily have to be about anything sports related. It could be about anything going on in the world today. I am first this week, so I will go. And my final thought is actually I changed it as we were going along because I forgot about this story and it really bothered me. Jack Del Rio. So he's the defensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. And we talk about bad names. But... I uh, made a comment recently about the riots in the U.S. Capitol as just a dust-up. And sometimes I feel like, I, I'm listen, I'm not going to tell you my political views or what I believe. That's not important. And I also feel like sometimes these individuals feel like it's okay to do that. And I really don't understand why it has any merit uh, for a football coach to discuss a riot in the U.S. Capitol, and I just feel like it just gives the league, again, This we talk about this league and what their issues are when it comes to discipline, and basically, you know, the head coach for the commanders uh, just said, oh, well, we had a conversation afterwards. So Ron Rivera says, oh, well, we had a conversation, told him I was disappointed. To me, that's not enough because it just gives more coaches more opportunities to say stuff. That really has no bearing. What you believe is a dust-up or not happened your opinion on if it was really bad or really good or whatever it was really doesn't matter. And there was people's lives that were affected that day. There were people that lost their lives that day. So if that's just a dust up when somebody loses their life, then I, I guess, you know, the school shootings and everything else that continues to happen in this country, it's just a dust up. It's no big deal until we start to decide to make things important enough to say, look, I'm going to stand up for something. Then don't say anything. And I would have rather him say nothing than to just discredit what happened. It made no sense to me. And he should be suspended. But that's my opinion. That's my final thought. Yeah, you can you can throw in Kurt Schilling with, with some nice comments too yeah. about that, you know, you know, the ever present idiot on on sports. <laughs> um, but no, very well said, you know, it, I mean, look. People just need to start doing what's right. That's what it basically comes down to, Eric. People need to do what's right. And and we're seeing it more and more. I might as well extend on yours because I think it is very important because there are there are coaches, um, Gabe Kapler, I believe, is another one that, you know, um, sat, sat out of the uh, national anthem, didn't come out for the national anthem, in protest for gun violence and, you know, what is being done throughout the United States. And like I said, again, like you said, um, political views aside, because I basically, you know, do my own thinking and, and unfortunately people are drawn to those parties and without changing the dynamics of politics, this country is never going to get better because no matter who has the idea of anything, doesn't matter what it is, whoever has the idea of anything 
the other party disagrees, even if they they are the ones that came up with it, but the other guy said it first. So they just disagree just to disagree. So until that changes, the dynamics will always be the same. But I, I want to go back to when Colin Kaepernick knelt and everybody was up in arms. You know, it was like, oh, no, no. Now people are doing things for different reasons. And it's becoming more and more evident that these issues are important. So when the NFL punished Colin Kaepernick back then and basically got him blacklisted. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You know, this is now, you know, when you look at things, Colin Kaepernick started a revolution that is just growing and growing and growing. And it's it's really time that these leagues really stop focusing in on what is really right. And that is the point I'm making. And with the Denver Broncos, with the new ownership coming into fruition, um, don't know when it's actually going to settle in. Yeah. But with a female black... CEO in charge. Great job. That can change things. And it may only change things for that organization, but that might be an organization now that people can get behind and maybe spread throughout the league. And that is what we ultimately hope happens and makes things better. It is time that sports teams sports leagues, sports fans start thinking other than color or gender and just thinking about them being a person. Yeah. No, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh well said, my friend. Well said. Listen, we need more we need mean we need more peace than hate in this world. Let's let's hopefully get that at some point. Hey, great show. I want to thank everybody that joined us live tonight. Chakra, Jim Boy, you were great. Manny, thank you for joining as well. Uh, Everybody that's going to watch afterwards, just check out that ticker. Follow us on all those social media platforms. Uh, We continue to grow. We'll continue to be everywhere. Don't forget Connecticut. SCTV. If you're watching us tonight and you want to check us out, we're live every Friday, 6 p.m. on those formats. Want to thank Public Access Channel 12 Southeast Connecticut for allowing us to be on there as well. Ron, I'm sure we're going to have tons to cover next week. Can't wait, my friend. We'll see you then. Kenny, 9 and 9 still. This is how it rolls. Go (laughs) Seas tonight. Go Celtics. Peace. Have a good night, everybody.